Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. It's uh, it's like one fifteen in Louisville, but I think my mind's a little bit still on Vegas time. Yeah, uh, that would be ten a.m. Ten a.m. It uh, it's so weird. And you said you've been. I mean, any you go Pacific um, from Eastern ago. to Pacific time, any no matter where you go, it's just rough. Um, and and I've traveled. I know both of you all have traveled the other direction too, going abroad. It's just always like getting your body changed is rough. And by the time we leave is when I finally start to feel adjusted. Yep. So. And then you screw yourself. Yeah. Right back up again, coming back. Well, then the last night we went to the casino and uh, leave it to the Kentucky boys, like the only horse betting game in Vegas, I think. (laughs) Uh, We found this really fun animatronic horse game where we could all sit around and it was like the bets were cheap and it was just three hours of entertainment. It wasn't a party or anything. We were just literally betting on. And you didn't have to be good at it. You totally could just, it would tell you the odds and you just pick your horse. And then we're all just yelling and competing and it it wasn't a crazy like Vegas party story or anything, but we did that for like three or four hours, and I'm not exaggerating. I don't even know. It just time just eroded, and it was fun. And uh, a homeless man came up to Zach and tried to trade a twenty dollar <laughs> bill uh, with a twenty dollar bill. His was taped together, and I'm like, I don't. You're not selling this very well. And Apparently, Zach, Zach said it was like a ten on one side and a twenty. Oh, on the was other. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like I got thirty dollars. Like yeah. you give me a twenty. Uh, but the the casinos are good about keeping riffraff out of there. Zach looks super uncomfortable. Zach's like the funniest one to approach. You know, I think any of us would have been a little more blunt and telling the guy to leave. But Zach was like, no, <laughs> he man. He's scratching his head on he, he's, he's just way. like awkwardly leaned forward and kind of tilted away. And he's like, no, man, no. And no. then he realized he had a 20 just sitting on <laughs> on the counter <laughs> and like slapped it down. Yeah. Forcefully, yeah. The, Zach did or the homeless? Yeah, Zach, so the, yeah. The guy was kind of reaching that. Yeah, direction. the guy. The guy, oh. the guy was like me to Jacob, getting like he, he was, was very, very close, very close. And the security, security was all. It's like you don't see those guys. They're always watching, but you don't see them until you, they need to be there. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even know where he came from. He just appeared. This very large man came and was like, "You gotta go." So that was funny. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And then the what was the story with Snow White? That was so I, I wasn't there, but apparently uh, there was a man dressed as Snow White, mm-hmm. and then there were other other guys dressed Please as the dwarves. Ha- oh. <laughs> but all the dwarf names were on their backs or something. Yeah, they were they were named on their back, but they were inappropriately and not dwarf. Names. Very sexual innuendo. Were they small people? No, no. I everyone asked that question. We did see, um, you know. Uh, Lots of little people at mm-hmm. Shot Show. Um, the one one brand that we still have, I need to figure out who this was. I, I want to show a, a picture of my buddy. It was they had uh, a bunch of little people in their Hawaiian tactical shirts, and uh, oh. I don't know if they're famous or what, but there was a long line to meet this group of people that were there. And I don't know who was famous, if it was the little people or the the other people that were in the booth, but people were very excited to meet them. 
Yeah. We should maybe do that. Yeah. As a promotion. For Find gay- some little people. Yeah. For Gayos, maybe. You know, the one thing that was cool <laughs> that Dan Dan and I saw that both of us were like, we could do this for Gayos. There were booths that had claw games. Oh, yeah, yeah. <gasps> so you, you talk to them. You tell them their spiel. Or, you know, maybe we make them sign up for Go Wild. And then you give them a coin and they can go play the claw game mm-hmm. to get prizes out of there. Yeah, Dan was telling me about this <clears> and... He's like, we got to figure out how they did that. It was so cool. Like, I thought it was a tech thing, like scan something and the machine activated. Uh-huh. It was totally just a claw machine. I said, yeah. where, where, how'd you guys build this? He goes, oh, we didn't build it. We just bought it off some flea market. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, and then they got a coin that was the size yeah. of a So they were, they so, were Israeli. So it was actually a shekel. Yeah. There so, shekel. but you, if you um, did something, I don't even remember what it was. I, what it was, scan, scan sign, your badge. Yeah, that's right. I had, they, they scanned your badge. That's what yeah. it was. Cause then they get our emails. Uh, they shot ho- show has a mm-hmm. system for that. And so he scanned our badge and he's like, all right, cool. And so you, then you had a chance at like $200 sunglasses or, and I asked him, I said, is anybody actually winning anything? And he's like, oh yeah, dude, we've been giving out stuff like nonstop. Really? Yeah. Uh, so it's a, I don't know how well it really work will work for them because like I don't even remember the brand name. Start with an A, mm-hmm. uh, but you know for just strictly capturing emails, I was like that's clever. Yeah. I mean it's at least a warm intro to the booth, and then if you get interest from people, they're at least stopped in your booth. You know. Yeah, yeah that's the big trade show game is how do you get people to come to your booth? Yeah, shots interesting because it is so diverse. I mean, so we're talking about the shooting, hunting, outdoor, and tactical show. For anybody that doesn't know, it's held in Vegas every year. Is that what shot stands for? I had no idea. Yeah, Yeah, shooting, hunting, outdoor, tactical. Um, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, so a little pew-pew action. Um, But it's a clever acronym, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it worked out. Yeah, Yeah. so the the show's broken up into – um, there's the overall firearm floor, which is the main floor. And it is, it's bigger. It's like bigger than any other show in our industry in itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could roll ATA up in there twice into the mm-hmm. one floor, maybe, maybe thrice or, or what's that for thrice or flice. Twice. Force. It's a <laughs> farce. Know. No, uh, <laughs> it might even be, I mean, it's massive. It's so massive. And, like it, uh, it is the same it's probably twice you could roll it up into there um uh, but because it takes a it's a five minute walk across that one just floor, for the that one firearms floor, just for the well and this yeah. isn't even all the firearms. this is like the big manufacturers guns and ammo. this is where you're going to find glock and and christensen and leupold and like all of the big mm. big companies are in there and the booths you walk into that and it's 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 kind of like walking into a Tesla store on like the Glock booth is all lit up like our Tesla or an Apple store. You know, you think of like these big giant presentations they have, uh, I can never say it verandas, uh, where you can like go up the steps and there's, there's bars sometimes when you get up there and then they'll have meeting and spaces. Booth, it's yeah. like double decker, mm-hmm, double deckers that they set up in a matter of days. Um, and then they'll have, Vista probably has the biggest booth there now and it's, but it's kind of segmented into all their brands, but they have six or eight conference rooms mm-hmm. built for just this purpose. So, and they have a check-in counter and it's all virtual and she's like, Oh, yep. You're in sh- uh, shot a or whatever it is. And she'll walk you over to your, your, uh, your meeting room. The money. And, oh, it's crazy. And and then some of these, um, some of, you know, our Gaos booth looks like a, we have like a seemingly real wall. Think of that like times a hundred on some of these things. We walked by that one classical, uh, 
it, it wasn't like a Henry. I can't remember who it was, but kind of like that Henry vibe, mm-hmm. like classical shotgun mm-hmm. booth. Mm-hmm. And they had like mahogany walls. Yeah, it was like traditional like wood. Really? I mean, it looked like stepping into somebody's library. It was like, crazy. It, it was amazing. And so that's the first floor. The downstairs is a lot of the smaller to mid-sized brands. It's kind of a mix of military hunting um it's all it's kind of a it's really just a blend i would say yeah. they kind of use that i would I, I don't know how they do this but I, it seems like it's like a blend of if you can't afford to be in one of the top floors you go down here you still mm-hmm. get great foot traffic the the food courts down there um that that floor stays really busy it's just the, a lot of the smaller or it's just a less expensive boost space it doesn't seem to be as strategic as some of the other areas and then there's a uh, I mean, I don't know what to call it. It's just like a tactical black gun section. Like Daniel Defense is in there. There are some knife brands in there. Well, well, Outlier is kind of a partner with a. They make some AR. Yeah, products. they have they have black rifle stuff too. Yeah, but it's a lot of black rifle. Um, so the, the a lot of tactical gear. Um, and then there's a military police section. Oh, wow. just a whole section of that stuff. And, you know, we don't know anything about that stuff, but it is real fun to walk through. Mm-hmm. That's where your robot dogs looks, are. The stuff just looks cool. Yeah. That's where your robot dogs, your tanks, like, not like your, it's not like a Bradley tank sitting there. Well, I don't, I don't think there was any Bradleys any there, Bradleys. but, <laughs> but it, there, there'll be like uh door breaches, like yeah. the, the and, oh. and it's crazy. The stuff that just stuff we don't think about, but that these SWAT teams need. So they'll go there and kind of, you get an idea for the, what they're going to spend. If they need something they can find and, you know, make, they'll make orders at the show. So um, wait, are the police using robot dogs? Is that it's what a it thing is that's about? coming? Yeah. I mean, they had one at the show. You've seen the robot dogs, right? No. You don't know what we're talking about. Mm-mm. I mean, they're using them last year. They were using them during COVID. This one city bought a bunch of them. They're like 150 grand each. And they were walking around parks, yelling at people to stop congregating in oh. outside. That that seems like a great use of money, right? Um, but but a lot of that stuff is like your bomb squad. Like I saw a robot that had multiple arms coming off of it, and it had oh. tracks. So they got that kind okay, of stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Now. Yeah, but but it's also like a lot of vest. It's a lot of helmets, uh, night vision. You know, stuff that mm-hmm. we wouldn't really have anything to do with. But I always walk through there just because it's really cool to yeah. see what what they're doing. Then there, so you'll go. There's there's those are one and two, and then the military tacticals off to one side of that. And then levels two, three, and four have booths too. I didn't even go to one floor. There was one whole floor that I didn't go to. Well, there was, there was one floor that was all supplier stuff and it was just through Wednesday. Oh, it didn't, okay. it doesn't go the whole week. Cause that's actually where Shaw barrels was supposed oh. to be. And Did we you end up going there. up there. Yeah, but they yeah. were gone. Oh, they were gone. We were a day late. Um, but the, so there's just a uh, and and once you get up to four and five, those are kind of more your upstarts, your entrepreneurs who mm. you know got the booth and they're kind of just taking whatever they can to get a foot in the door. It's really hard to get a foot in the door at shot. They got a wait list. It's very long as you'd imagine. Um, and and then they opened up a new area last year that at first people were like, "This is crazy." You know, nobody's going to go over there. But now it's kind of like Party Central over at the Caesar Forum because you go out. And then Daniel Defense has this big, um, really just like a party area. I don't know what to call it. It's like food and there's beer gardens. There's a beer garden. Yeah, that's what it's called, the beer garden. There's cornhole. They've got like uh, fake grass set up. And then that's the segue over to the forum. So people get a beer. They go over to the forum. Uh, Chris and Donovan are like, like, oh, it's shot. 10.30 in the morning. We'll get a beer. And then they just walk over to – 
came over to the forum and then the forum I don't think that one really has a cat. Well, does it have a category really? I'm kind of thinking of the brands that were in there. It seems like it's kind of a lot of people that it just opened up it's the wait all list over a little the bit. place. It's yeah. almost like it's it's a smaller extension of the second floor where the big yeah, guys it are. It really is. It is the second floor is the one I was telling you. All the big brands. Mm-hmm. A lot of there's a lot of big brands over in that new floor now. Mm-hmm. That one's kind of interesting. It's best. I think it's best to hit that show that part in the morning because people haven't made their way over there yet. Mm. The afternoon. Right before the um, what are they, the shot after dark, which uh, shot show after dark, which is not what you think it is. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's just the party in Vegas. In Ve- yeah, it's not a Vegas style Sin City party. It's just shot show. It literally is dark, and so the there's a concert. There's booze, oh, like ZZ, no. the the ZZ, ZZ top. top. Yeah, we didn't even stay for it though. We had a meeting, um, so we had a dinner with uh, a, a brand that we had to go to, but we. Um, we went out there for a little bit of that. They got bars everywhere. They got music. They actually had a little bit of archery set up. They had tactical vehicles that I still wish I'd, we were on our way to a, a meeting, a uh, dinner meeting, and I didn't get to stop at the camper, but they had that camper set up that you could go into that. Like, I didn't tactical. go down there. Oh, you didn't see it? No. Um, when we were leaving and go, went under the Ferris wheel, there was like a big tactical, not even tactical. It was just, you know, it was like a off-roading. It was really more of a, a Overland camper. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so they had, I mean, there's just everything. There's just everything at this show. It is. Wow. That's the thing. We spent two full days on the floor and I'm sitting here saying I didn't see that. Like that's. I mean, I didn't go is. to a whole floor. There's a whole floor I didn't go to. So, I mean, honestly, I, I would be interested to see the the, the footprint difference. I, I think Gaos is probably close in size. If I remember correct. Like if I were to guess. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah, close in size, I think. But Gaos is just way more spread. It's mm-hmm. like a long, it's, it's very long and thin. Shot is just giant, giant rooms, you know. Wow. And, and it's 14 miles of booths if you were to walk it every bit. That's I, crazy. I walked 13 miles on Tuesday. I walked 12 miles on Wednesday. And... We still didn't get through it all. I did a lot of repeat. You know, we're, we're kind of bouncing around a lot. But right. It's crazy. So brands are there like kind of showing, number one, if they're smaller, they're trying to get recognized for mm-hmm. people like us or other people to be like, yeah, I'll do business with you, whatever. And then the bigger brands are there showing you like their new cool thing. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, in, in most cases, it's their full product line. Yeah, and, they have and something from everything. But you can get hands-on to product. So the the cool thing about that is, you know, we can call up a brand and place an order, but you don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. With with this, um, what is it? CRKT, KT, KT. That I never. It seemed like it would be an abbreviation of cricket to me. Yeah, cricket. I always want to call it cricket or circuit, but I think they say it as an acronym. But make killer knives these things are awesome yeah dan carries them uh but they the show like you would think all this stuff would be boxed up but i mean they have magnetic walls you can pull it off you can flip them you can get hands on them and feel and if we wanted to place an order we could have done it right there like the there's all the the booths are well stocked with sales reps um so that's something kind of unique about it it's just how hands-on with everything you can be that's cool so then what was the coolest thing that you saw jacob I, I think the robot dog was cool. Um, 
there's a little bit of a creep factor because they can get up and open doorknobs and come in your house if they really want to. But really? I think just the fact that you can have like an, you know, a robot that you can control and if you need to go save somebody, it's not like sending a human in or whatever, you know, it's one of the, one of the coolest things I saw, uh, was a training. You saw the video of this, but I'll explain it. So they oh, had a yeah. three, it was three screens, but it was seamless mm-hmm. and it, it, uh, it pieced out and they were, we were playing a game you could shoot and, um, it teaches, it's like very accurate. You do your, you, you set your point of center before you start shooting. And then we were shooting dinosaurs. Uh, they, they had a game pulled up as a demo, but they use it with real life scenarios. And I'm guessing they, a shooting dinosaurs is just fun and it catches attention. But also I'm kind of wondering if maybe they didn't want footage of the training. Like it might've been yeah. a smart play to not have like people shooting people, Humans. Yeah. but they use it for police. Uh, so it was okay. it, because it, they ha- it had a statistical, like they had done studies on this and it trains your muscle memory really well. And it allows you to, um, without being in a range and, 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 you know, beyond the initial investment of the system, you're not, you know, you're having to shoot loads. Like it's, it's a f- effective way to just train without having to have a re- active range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it had uh, real weighted guns after modeled oh, after wow. real models of guns. So you could kind of, you could shoot rifles at it. You could shoot, um, you know, they had what looked like a Glock that Chris was shooting. And that was really cool. And mm-hmm. it's really innovative. It's a, it's a different kind of way to think of training, but they, they, they said the, I think the result that what Chris talked to them about, they said that the fact where it's a game and you get people competing against each other, it's proven to, increase your overall skill because you're, you know, you just get competitive naturally Mm -hmm. instead of going to a range, getting direct feed, only getting direct feedback. I don't, I'm sure they would tell you this isn't like to totally supplement out, obviously like real live fire fire is always going to be a critical component there, but it, they had case studies that the competition made people better. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, and I I think there's a lot of stuff that, I don't remember. We just walked by and like, oh, that's awesome. You see so much stuff. But some of the things that are really neat to see is a lot of the technical apparel mm-hmm. that is has now started to creep over into hunting. But previously, it was mm-hmm. more just kind of, you know, tactical, uh, yeah. more army issue type stuff that's starting to creep into hunting. And so you can see some of that evolution and then mm-hmm. the stuff that they're using that's like, that would be awesome in the field. But it's more like military camo. This show's good. Um, ATA is very whitetail focused. This one, you, you get a blend of the Western clothes, the tactical clothing or, mm-hmm. or athletic clothing, however you want to think of it. Because a lot of the Western stuff is more similar to tactical than it is like traditional whitetail. So this show, you know, we were able to, um, Stone Glacier came into their booth. They're part of Vista now. And we're able to get hands on their gear, hear about how it's made. Uh, they'll, they'll show you exactly what you're talking about carrying. And it's starting, I think that stuff will continue to bleed over into whitetail though, mm-hmm. as mobile hunting picks up. Yep. You know, I think, I think oh, one thing, yeah. one thing with mobile hunting, it's just not comfortable in a lot of these big, heavy bibs that have been promoted as really, and I have some mm-hmm. that are great for sitting in a buddy stand, but maybe not, not as agile to get up into a, a saddle and mm-hmm. then you're bulked into that saddle Yeah, that go like, I think, I think that's where it was interesting for me was getting to see. I, th- I think you. I think there's going to be this convergence of uh, the flexible, like that lightweight flexible gear. That, that, that as they can figure out how to make it warmer, 
um, or layer. Maybe it's a little bit thicker version for whitetail hunters. I think I think that's going to be my. If I had one thing I I can see coming from ATA and Shot, it's that those brands see the whitetail market mm-hmm. and it's. I mean, it's not infinite, but it's at least ten times bigger than the elk market if not, if not more. Yeah. And you know, any given year you have at least 10 million whitetail hunters. They say there's up to like 15 or 20 million total. Some, some years people just don't hunt. Right. But I mean, you're talking like 700,000 elk hunters. So like the, 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 these brands are moving over uh, and trying to cater to this bigger audience. And I think they're going to bring a lot of technology improvements with, with that. I think that'll be the next thing is like what brand is going to what brand is going to come in and do what some of these big mobile hunting brands have done, you know, what they're going to innovate in that space and have gear that's set up for that. I still think mobile hunting is going to take over rifle hunting. I really do. Yeah. That is a good point. I never thought of is that it seems like the mobile hunting saddle hunting was kind of designed for archery, right? That's where ev- but everybody's then, still talking about it in an archery yeah, respect, but, but I shot you, my deer this year out of it. Yeah, you did. Dan, uh, he wasn't successful, but he was hunting out of a saddle with his rifle and intended to. Started with a saddle, too. Yeah. Which I is, think anybody that's, you know, doing evaluation, I don't want to talk bad about any of the tree stand company. There's still a place for the yeah, buddy stands. Yeah, they have stands. their place. The buddy st- I, I still hunted out of a buddy stand this year. There were times when I'm like, yeah. I want to be where that stand is. Mm-hmm. But there were other times where I was like, I don't want to be there. I want to move over here and I don't have a stand there. Um, and you know, you could move twice a day with those setups. And so I, I think like private land ownership will always kind of lean on the, that, but I really feel like after ATA, I just see this, this, this huge new market Mm -hmm. in whitetail that's wide open right now. Yeah. That might, even with like private land, I was, um, telling Braden the other day that even though I scouted this year on private property and set my ladder stand up and really thought that was really great spot once season even for archery i came in and and set up and then realized a couple weeks in that they keep coming from over in this brushy Mm. area where i don't have a shot is literally the only place i don't have a shot from the stand i need to move yeah and you're not gonna move a buddy stand but i wasn't gonna move a yeah i wasn't gonna move that mid-season so i I was like man i'd really like uh really think about looking about into a um saddle yeah. setup because then i could just hop around all the property if i wanted to that's one interesting thing about shot there's rumors that they're going to keep expanding their their archery presence and i i'm excited about that because that show to me they're just doing everything right you know the the way they handled the media we we um we came in uh, with media badges and the way they cater to their media, they have a huge working room, they coffee, food, you can do interviews in there, you have private uh, desktop space. Like they, they had 3000 media members, I think credentialed for the show. And they treat them like royalty, they have their own check in if they want to come in and get their badges privately, they can. Um, it's just they really understand the importance of the the creator and it's not just print people it's you know they they have they they want the influencers there mm-hmm. and i i i think that that's one thing that's making that show i mean it's it's the one that everybody claws and like i, I had a guy comment on one of my posts somewhere i don't remember where it was but he's like i would kill for a badge to go to shot show mm-hmm. and like he just wants to get in because they've done such a good job of allowing good quality creators in that people are 
distributing all this content for you know a w- weeks before and weeks after and it it is this it has this pedestal status and to me that's good like that's a that's a good you know for your brand you want pe- to have something that's coveted and, and talked about versus what we talked about last time with ata you know there's they've just really restricted down the media access they don't even it's a blackout day it's mm. a shorter window like so a lot of the media members that couldn't come on wednesday they they only had two working days and then they had to turn around and go to shop because some of the range days for the brand started on Sunday and it just made it really hard yeah. to schedule. So they're like, I'm not going, you know, if you're not going to cater to me better than that, I'm not going to go to the show. Whereas shot is just constantly expanding, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, I mean, this year, do you think you've been with me three times now? I think this was the most crowded I've seen it. The media room itself mm-hmm. was twice as crowded, which is a good thing. And then, you know, I think I, there was a little bit of the travel restrictions that have changed that kind of affected the last international year. Yeah. Force yeah, international. Year. And so there was a lot more of that crowd there and the, the show floor felt busy yeah. every time I was there. So, yeah, I think from an attendance perspective, it was really strong. Yeah. So we had a, we've had a good show season. Jacob and Dan worked their tails off really going after um, some partners to help us get volume in still. There's still going to be um, – we haven't even done that. We've kind of been so slammed. We haven't done a good job of announcing everything. Uh, sorry, that didn't mean that. It's pot shot at you, Erica. Uh, sure. <laughs> Erica, who handles We've our emails. We've made you hold some of that message. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's been some of that. But um, I, I think you know, there's brands in there people probably don't even know about yet. And Jacob and Dan, you know, by summer, I think it'll be – probably doubled again in in terms of size with some of the partners we have coming on but also just with brand the quality overall of the product like this is why this is important for go wild for our members that are listening like if you kind of wonder what we're doing there a lot of it is trying to find brands that can partner on content you know we work with federal a lot anybody that uses the platform knows we work federal a lot so we're talking to those guys about the the cool stuff we can do together and Mm -hmm. there's cool things that are still coming out of those relationships that you know, that's how we get to things like this UTV giveaway we're doing. We, we built that relationship through shot show and, you know, the, with, with Chris from Colpin, you know, mm-hmm. without that, that whole thing doesn't happen without that relationship with Chris and the whole industry, you know, I have sometimes people will tell me things like I'm too busy to go to shot this year and they're trying to build a company. And I'm like, I had that mentality for a while as you're trying to get this done. But like, you, you, these, these relationships compound, you know, Mm -hmm. they, and so you have to be there and keep showing up every year. And I think eventually people are like, well, they haven't gone away yet and I like them. So Mm. I'm going to take a chance on them. Right. Like it might be year three before somebody decides to do something with you, but because the first time you show up, it's a risk, right? It's like, I don't know this guy, I like what he's doing, but you know, kind of going to play it safe and just see. And, And I will say, I've been warned by other people that this industry especially is like that. You know, Cody Rich, when I first met him and was starting to go wild, he's like, well, just so you know, it takes five years before anybody trusts you. And I was like, wow, that's a a long time. I hope you're wrong. (laughs) I mean, to some extent, though, there's there's constantly ideas and startups that show up. Especially in what we're doing. Yeah. How many times do people launch social media apps? I mean... I had a folder of 40 of them on my phone at once and I finally had started deleting space. It's like they just pop up all the time. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of natural distrust with that. But I mean, even if you're whatever it is, whatever your thing is that you're trying to do in this industry, I just don't see how you like not going to shot show is just like not being able to take credit cards. It's that important. to me. Yeah. Like I really feel like that show is that important 
And we took six people this year. Yeah, you guys, I was jealous. I know. I want to get you out there. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I, I'll be honest. I don't think I can hang in Vegas, especially with you guys, because <laughs> I did. I got a message. I woke up at like 430 in the morning and laid down at my phone and a message that came in like 50 minutes, like 50 minutes ago. You got a text. I was like, who the heck is texting me at 330 in the morning? And it's Dan with a group picture of everyone. And he was like, just hanging out in Vegas, playing the ponies. And yeah, I was Wednesday like, night. yeah, I can't hang with we, them. We we got back to the room and um, one of our board members had asked how a meeting went and he texted me back at when I got to the room that night and I'm like, Oh God, he's awake now. He's waking up. He's waking up and I haven't gone to bed. (laughs) And again, this really wasn't like a drunken mess. It was just, we ended up just hanging down and playing. We don't party hard. It's just, just well, I think Vegas is, we've talked about this. Vegas is designed to make you lose track of time. Yeah. Oh, and you, if we, there were, there's multiple parties where there's just debaucherous stuff going on Mm -hmm. that you can do. Uh, some lady walked by and offered Zach Coke at, at the oh, casino. Yeah. yeah, like there's plenty uh, of Just sin. randomly? Yeah. Yeah, she just yeah, walked totally. by. Two and o'clock in like, the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. She's like, y'all want some Coke? Just As she walking walked, by. Like real stop. subtle. Real subtle. Didn't stop. If Zach had said, yeah, he could have thrown a well, whatever. I don't know how much Coke go, is going for these days. <laughs> a little inexperienced <laughs> on that front. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, if you want to go there and run that course, you are more than able to. What percentage of people that go there think you think run that specific? Oh, at least ten percent. Oh, I thought yeah. you were like fifty. No, because no, you couldn't do the show. Like you, you really would be non-functional. And I think a lot of people come from the East Coast, mm-hmm. and you know the the time zone adjust is hard. I mean, the first night we were there, um, I was we were going up. To, we we got delayed. And after dinner, I was, there's a lot of business, the executives are going up and then a lot of the youngins are still working the mm. casino floor. There ends up being that split. But I mean, there's a difference between like hitting the casinos and some of the style parties that you get invited to. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the, the black rifle party last year was kind of crazy. I mean, we, we showed up at or the beyond it's a beyond party that black rifle sponsored. <laughs> and we were there and I'm like, this is like, some people were definitely partying. Some people were there just hanging out. But that that party, I'm like, who's the who's the dude playing the old '90s rap? He's like, that's Tone Loke. Jacob Jacob's like, that's <gasps> literally Tone Loke, dude. You know. Yep. So like, there's <laughs> those kind of things happen every year. Chuck like, Liddell. <laughs> like yeah, Chuck Liddell. Uh, that was <gasps> one of the funny. Like we we were standing at the casino the first night. Dan Dan was trying so hard to get me and Jacob into slot machines, and I'm just like, I can't do this, man. I, I literally like every bone in my body hates everything about this. And Dan's like, look, it's fun. You know, he's just hammering the button and having the time of his life losing money. And we're kind of standing there. I'm like, man, who's this dude that looks like a chubby Chuck Liddell? And, and the way he was sitting, he looked – Chuck Liddell's still like very built. But mm-hmm. he the way he was sitting – he had not, a belly. He, he was not flattering. It was this year? Uh, yeah. Yep. This, this was Tuesday. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> this is, or Monday. It was Monday. Did we go on Monday? It was Monday, Monday, Monday night. Monday, Monday night. night. He's just sitting there, and he didn't look built the way he stood up. Mm-hmm. And we, we were kind of laughing. But he even, I don't know why we didn't recognize him. He had the tattoos on his head, which is like his thing. He's got those, uh, I don't know if it's Chinese or, uh, he's got uh, symbols down the side of his head. I don't know what it means. Uh, probably like. I'm Chuck Liddell. Yeah. It doesn't look like me. But I've seen him every year I've gone. One year I was like basically me to Jacob from him. And, uh, but we were kind of laughing like, oh yeah, that's not Chuck Liddell. He's too out of shape. Well, so those guys stayed over there playing next to him, like literally us to you from him on his slots. 
And then I was over at the... Uh, he was on the slot machine? Yeah, he was oh, just yeah. by himself hanging out. He had just gotten there, I think. And he he was staying where we were. I won't, uh, I'll leave that out. Uh, but the... Um, I was at a uh, went over to see Kevin Orthman, the previous executive director of Pomo, who's a dear friend of mine, and I was hanging out with him. And this dude, I'm like, hey man, look at this guy. He looks just like Chuck Liddell. And then everybody starts taking photos with him. I'm like, oh dude, that is Chuck Liddell. Like if he had hurt us, I could we could have gotten our tails whipped right yeah. here. Uh, not that we. I mean, I think chat fuck or I, I, fat I, Chuck Liddell. Yeah, would still run circles around. All of us. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, when he stood up and walked away, he did not look as rotund as he did. He, mm. He's just a, I mean, he's a UFC fighter. He's built huge, right? Right. So All that look muscle at, has yeah, to like, Literally, like when he sits relax. down, I I didn't, There's. I would have bet no way that was him. But when he started walking across, he still got like that huge, broad, like build. And then when I saw him walking, I'm like, that is 100% Chuck Liddell. Most people don't look like that. Uh, but I guess he doesn't need bodyguards, huh? I mean, <laughs> he usually had last couple of years he's had people with him. He has, mm. yeah, it's probably more handlers because I'm sure he's got sponsorships like, and stuff yeah. with groups that are kind of just moving him from meeting to meeting. Um, we we met with Tim Kennedy. Uh, he was coming through the Pelican booth, and mm. I wasn't going to bother him. We know Tim loosely, and you know he's been on our podcast and stuff. But guys like Tim just get clobbered. Chuck was that's how I recognized that Chuck was Chuck, right? Because he took I watched him take three photos with people in fifty yards. And that's, wow. that's what it, I mean, they're, they're uber famous in this, especially in this crowd. Right. I mean, I mean like the, 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 their brand awareness is 90% in a crowd. Tim walked into the Pelican booth, just checking it out and was looking at stuff. And he had six people behind him. One of which also looked like two, he could rip two my head guys, off. Two guys with serious cauliflower ear, which oh. is a dead giveaway. Yeah. They're definitely fighters. Don't touch them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, who Tim called his handler, uh, she was coming behind him. But he stopped and chatted with us for maybe a minute, um, and we were just saying hi to him. And he's like, "Man, I just love this this show. Everybody like he's talking about how how nice it is to get to see everybody. He's like, it's it's like hanging out with family." And um, and then his lady behind him is like, "Tim, we got to go to a meeting." He's like, "All right, move. my handlers tell me I got to leave." Um, there were that's wild. Most most shocking thing about meeting Tim Kennedy, I was expecting his handshake to break four fingers. Oh yeah. It was just normal handshake. It was yeah. normal. He did, yeah. But it was good. Like, not I, yeah, it wasn't it limp. Have. But I went into I went into the handshake thinking, okay, I got to be ready for this one. Mm-hmm. It was a normal handshake. Yeah, he uh, he was nice. I'm trying to think if we saw anybody else that. Well, what's crazy about shot shows? There's a lot of people that we don't recognize because we're not ingrained yeah. in tactical. Well, well the first time you and I went with Zach, Zach, yeah, he knew like, people. Zach's really into the shooting side, right? Right. And he's like, oh my God, do you know who that is? I'm like, dude, I don't have a clue. He's like, he's got like 6 million followers on YouTube. I'm like, I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah. no clue. Um, he, he had read one of the guy's book from, um, I can't even remember which author it was, but the, Zach met him last year and he's I, I met him and I didn't appreciate who he was. And then afterwards, like, Zach's like, that's the guy. And then he told me who he was. I was like, oh, Oh yeah, I can't remember who it was though. Good story, Brad. Um, yeah, was he one of the? Was it the guy that like shot Bin Laden? Hour. Yeah, was, yeah, it was. One of those. It, was oh. it was one of those guys. Yeah, yeah from the, the yeah. book and movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the real. The he real was the event. real life guy. He was the real life guy. Okay. And we met him, and I didn't even know who he was. Um, but it's a weird show like that. I mean, Crispy was working one of the booths. You know, um, it's just the, 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 the. 
I don't want to say influencers because Tim Kennedy's not like a social media influencer. The guy's very well accomplished, right? Um, but the the fame of the industry is there. I'll say yeah. It that way. Yeah. He's using his presence to. Yeah. Like Black Rifle was over by um, Nine Line Apparel uh, mm-hmm. and outside. They had like a market where you could actually buy stuff. Most booths, you can't buy anything at SHOT Show. It's a trade show. But Black Rifle had swag set up and Nine Line. There's like 10 different brands in this market where you could go. And Nine Line, I didn't recognize anybody on their their celebrity list throughout the week. And Zach's like, oh, look at this. I'm like, I don't know who that is, man. Well, that's crazy. I wouldn't yeah. know anyone. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is like a lot of this audience looks the same. It's like yeah. earth tone colors, beard, black hat, Richardson hat with a yeah. patch on it. Like, Th- this this hat, that's like everybody's got one something like that on, you know? And I they're actually all got like this from shot. Beefed up. <laughs> I Not actually, everybody. I was convinced that uh Jacob would have this hat on today because every time we get new hats, he ends up wearing the same exact hat that yep. I do. This is from Pelican. It is so I was I was talking to Dan about how cool it is when you're there because there's like private military contractors that are there, you know very elite. Oh, generals military. are there cutting deals yeah. for what they're going to order for the year. And really? you just think about what the w- body of work of that room, mm-hmm. you just think about that. It's crazy. Well, I, and a lot of the business isn't done on the floor. Me and Jacob found that out last year. We uh, we went up to a booth with a brand. He invited us up to his penthouse, basically. And we get up there, there's a big spread of food and drinks, anything you wanted to drink. And uh, he's like, he, he wasn't bragging. Well, he's kind of bragging. Uh, but he's like, oh, yeah, we just had this general in here who just dropped, you know, X amount of money on a contract for next year with our product, trying to sell us on it, you know. But, I mean, a lot of that, it's that kind of stuff, where, like a lot of the private parties and private dinners. And there's a lot of private room dinners happen at SHOT. There's a large amount of money exchanged. Yeah. What? Okay. So, like, back in the day with George Washington, hmm. like, where did they get all their guns? Did everyone just, like, hey, bring your shotgun or the bring sh- your rifle? No, like, probably, did- they probably still had contracts or yeah, agreements. Well, with still manufacturing. I mean, you're still repeating arms. Yeah. Yeah, that was a dumb question. It's not a dumb question. Well, no, it's not. You didn't know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. These, like, I mean, did they have big, like, gun manufacturers? Yeah, yeah. they did. Because you, you still had to specialize in it, and you had somebody that would forge the barrels. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was more soup to nuts that you'd build the whole thing yourself. Right. Um, versus now, like, a lot of these, like, some of these brands just, they're like, we only do barrels. Or we oh. only do triggers. You know? Yeah. Like, like or, like, screws for one yeah. thing. Yeah. Really? There's so a lot of specialization now. Now, some brands will still have a model that they build soup to nuts. Um, you know, I was talking to Bergara and they've got a rifle that they build every screw in house and they do the whole thing, but most, and they don't even do this for most things. Like most brands are going to tr- get a component from an expert of that thing. You know, Christensen's a great example. A lot of, some of those things on the firearm are, are components from other manufacturers that they're, they're not all Christensen made mm-hmm. and that's normal. It's super normal. Well, Okay, last dumb question, real quick. Speaking of dinosaurs, if we were in the era that dinosaurs still existed, and you can get a tag for one species, hmm. Hmm. which one is it going to be? We should have had the cameras on for this one. Um, I mean, I want to go all in. I want the Mac Daddy. You want the the? I want. Uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, if if people were like, T-Rex? you got, yeah. Was it, I want to, it I want to have one of those banana-sized teeth that I just like. I wear it around on a necklace. <laughs> Like people are like, oh, cute! You got your bear claw. Look at this thing. Yeah, 
Is it the Allosaurus that is similar to T-Rex, but bigger? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, he's like beefier. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had to uh, one-up me. He waited to or, see what I said. one of those ones that apparently looked like T-Rex, but had feathers. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you can mount they, that. Those were more like a Velociraptor size. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Those are good answers. That's not, it definitely have to be a meat eater. Yeah. No way. It's I'm not going out and shooting like a brontosaurus. No. I, I would take the brontosaurus because at least I'd be like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. What? Meat in the freezer. <laughs> well, that's, that probably would be good meat. <laughs> what would you need to take down something of that oh size? Gosh. One of those little armor piercing tanks that they have. Fred those Bear would be out there tanks. with a bow. He'd be out there with a, he would. Yeah, out there with like a trad bow. <laughs> Oh. And, and red plaid. <laughs> oh, good question, Erica. All right. Um, yeah, I was supposed to look up. Let me see if anybody posted on. We'll do this. I'm, I'm, I posted this right before the show, so I didn't get a lot of time to see if anybody answered. I think there was at least one question on my post on Go Wild. Um, Jeremiah wants to know why I didn't text him so we could meet up and hug. Um, honestly, I didn't even know Jeremiah was at the show. Sorry, Jeremiah. I should have known, but also I had to. We had a pretty busy schedule. Um, sorry, Jeremiah. Uh, Wes Renard wants to know, did Braden and Eric or Erica show up in any way and crash the party like they threatened oh. to do? Mm. Um, what if you did and you just like watched from afar? That, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So let me tell you how I did watch from afar because oh my Creeper, you guys always call me <laughs> Creeper and I am, but um, you guys were there and... Um, Anyways, okay, you guys were there, and I'm on Instagram, and I have a friend that is at SHOT Show, and he put, like, one or two stories up, and the first one is, like, him entering SHOT Show, and he's like, look around, look at, you know, just kind of, his stories were just showing what SHOT Show was about, right? Only, like, two little 30-second videos, and the second video is the T-Rex thing, the dinosaur thing you guys were talking about, and there's Donovan. And there's Dan no and there's way. Chris shooting. And I was like, oh, that is so she, ironic. I sent her the video and she's like, I just saw you in that booth because the guy's posting directly to. Did his. you have fun in the game? Yeah. I should have been like, hello. She how should, was the or, dinosaur or, game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like mention somebody that wasn't in my video and ask what they were or said something about what they were wearing. Yeah. Uh, Mike wants to know, was the crud worth it? Or uh, who caught the worst case of crud? And did the, uh, what did they see at shot that made every shot of NyQuil worth it? Well, I think we already talked about the second half of that question. But you think Dan cares? I guess I already outed him. Dan's sick. Dan's Dan's got the cocoa. Dan's mm-hmm. sick. So yeah. still to be determined if he got it at Shot Show or ATA. Yeah, it's already <laughs> so like so I guess up. he he could have gotten it possibly Monday, but I mean to have it this soon, to test positive for this soon. I mean that's unlikely. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's possible. I don't know. He said he had sniffles and a light cough. Yeah, I uh, I kind of feel bad because he's like, well, I guess I'll just come in tomorrow on Saturday when nobody's there to finish getting ready for a Great American Outdoor Show. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to? I mean, he it's got to be. It's got to be done. He I, should just flip his work days or come in at night or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, Dan's kind of hard to tell not to work, so I I haven't had a whole lot of luck controlling that. So. Yeah, I don't think Dean minds. I think he likes I think he it. Likes it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this SHOT Show recap. Uh, we had Erica Johnson, Jacob Knight, and Brad Luttrell here. You can log this on Go Wild. You hit the plus log time uh, and then go to Outdoor Podcast. And this show is 
uncensored by Go Wild. So thanks for listening. <laughs>